Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Fan TV Podcast. Hope you guys have been staying happy and healthy out there. I'm so excited for this week because as you can see, I am finally no longer by myself and I finally uh, have found my my permanent co-host. Uh, His name is Mr. Derek Freeze. I know it looks like Derek Fries, but it's, it's pronounced Derek Freeze, uh, like Mr. Freeze over there. Uh, Derek is a great buddy of mine. We've been we've been great friends for years now. Um, you know, we we met in Athens, Georgia years ago. But actually, what strengthened our friendship in the last few years here was our Hawks fanhood. I actually convinced him to get t- season tickets to the Hawks, and then I moved down to Florida. So that tells you what kind of friend I am. Um, but yeah, no, this guy's a huge Hawks fan. He, he bleeds Hawks basketball. Um, you know, he is in the six men section every single game. If you watch the games on Valley Sports, you have undoubtedly seen this man at this point because I have countless recordings of him. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm honestly super honored to have him on because not only is he a good friend of mine, but I do think he's somebody that is gonna have uh some some pretty good takes and takes that I feel like you know a lot of a lot of us fans have because that's kind of our whole spoiler here thing at Hawks Fan TV is that. You know, we are not necessarily experts. We are we are fans and we're we're making fan content. So um so yeah, I will go ahead and let Derek introduce himself a little bit for the things I didn't say about him. Um so yeah, man, I'll, I'll go and give you the mic and do your little quick intro. Well, first of all, thanks, Mac. You know, this is it's a dream come true. I get to talk sports with one of my good friends here, one of my best friends. Um, my name's Derek Freeze, spelled like fries. Originally <laughs> from Savannah, grew up outside of Statesboro, middle of nowhere. Went to Georgia Southern, Hale Southern, you know, the real GSU, Mac, the real GSU. You know, y'all have six flags over Atlanta here, your little amusement park. We have six flags over Statesboro. But, you know, Mac is right. We met in Athens. You know, I started going to Hawks games because I live here in Decatur. And every time I went, I ran into this man (laughs) and convinced me to get season tickets. He did move away, but he did get me in with the six-man people and – Yes, you will definitely see me down there in that lower section going crazy every game. And I'm looking forward to being able to join you here as your permanent co-host to fire off these takes. Oh, yeah, man. I, I'm so happy to have you. So, uh, so yeah, man, uh, before before we get into uh, this week's episode, which I'm sure you guys can probably go ahead and guess what this week's episode is going to be about. Um, I do want to apologize uh, for an audio issue. I found out embarrassingly late that the audio for last week's episode, Derek's laughing at me, uh, was not posted to the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music platforms. It was posted successfully to YouTube. That is a hard lesson you learn in this uh, whole podcast production business. I'm a one-man show when it comes to that, so so uh, I, I do apologize, and I can guarantee it will never happen again. Um, so yeah, I, now that I got that off my chest, we'll go ahead and get in this week's episode. As I mentioned, we'll go ahead and start with the draft recap. Um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly pretty excited about this draft. I think it was a pretty, pretty, pretty darn good one. I think it's going to be a sneaky good one. Um, and you know, we're, we're going to recap each player and we're just going to go in ascending order. So we'll start with Kobe and we'll end with Seth. Um, so I'll go ahead and start with Kobe Bufkin. Obviously at this point, everybody knows we got Kobe Bufkin 15th overall out of Michigan. Uh, he's going to be wearing number four for the Hawks. He is uh, 6'4", 187 pounds, soaking wet. So uh, he's uh, definitely got to, got to put on some pounds. But, you know, with his age being 19 and a half, a little bit over 19 and a half years, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. He's, he's going to grow a little bit. He averaged 14 points per game last season for Michigan, uh, almost 36% from three, uh, almost five rebounds a game, and almost 50% from the field. So honestly, pretty efficient shooting. 
when he was making it. And 14 points per game in a Power 5 conference like the Big Ten, I mean, that's that's pretty darn impressive. You know, this is a guy that can thrive with or without the ball. Um, so I'll be honest, I don't know how, how often he'll be on the floor with Trey Young. But, you know, when we have players like Trey Young who are truly best when they do have the ball in their hand, it's nice to have players that can thrive without the ball in their hands and, and can, you know, run around screens and, and, and whatnot. He, you know, he ran the pick and roll in college a, a, a lot. So it's something that he's very familiar with. And, you know, Quinn is a is a pick and roll guru. He's somebody that, you know, is is famous for the pick and roll and is certainly going to be running it a lot in Atlanta, which I'm, I mean, I'm rather, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly excited for that. I think the pick and roll is a pretty exciting play in basketball, especially for the players that we're going to have on our team. Um, you know, he dramatically improved from his freshman year to his sophomore year uh, with his, you know, shooting percentage, his points per game, and really just everything. Um, you know, even, even his defense, I don't think he'll be the greatest defender at first, uh, but, you know, I do think he'll have plenty of fire and length. Um, you know, he, he mentioned that he improved his defense at Michigan by watching film and focused on moving his feet, um, you know, which is sounds pretty simple. But, you know, when you're in the moment, you know, you, you can you can be surprised these these lack of uh, lack of thought you can kind of have. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, he's he's really, really is just a, a very mature player. He's got a very high IQ. Um, he probably shows shades of D'Angelo Russell and uh, Tyrese Maxey. I'm laughing as I say that because very mature player and D'Angelo Russell probably shouldn't go in the same sentence, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, he's got family that lives in Atlanta. He's got a couple aunts and uncles down here, you know, mentioned that he's already uh, dreading the traffic, not looking forward to it. And all I got to say on that one is join the club, buddy. Um, you know, he also mentioned that we got flying roaches down here. I know flying roaches is what we called the Falcons the last few years, but I mean, I, I don't know, you know, it was this nationwide thing that everybody knew. But uh, but you know, I, I gotta say, man, welcome to the Dirty South, Kobe. I think you're gonna fit in just just fine here. Um, you know, it's it's one of those guys that I I think has the potential to be the second unit floor general. I, I really do. I I don't know who's going to be our backup point guard at this point besides him. So I do think he's going to be the second unit floor general. Um, and you know, he he mentioned that he's already building a great relationship with Quinn. So I'm I'm. I'm excited about him, man. He, he's uh, he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a good player for us. Um, you know, one one last thing before I, before I hand the mic over to you, I just you know want to want to have a couple comments on some of his best games while he's at Michigan and the presser that we had uh, the other day for all the rookies. Uh, some of his best games at Michigan, he dropped 28 and eight rebounds against Wisconsin, 23 eight rebounds, five assists against Toledo in the NIT. 15, 12, and 8 against Northwestern, and then 23 and 6 um, against Illinois. And just, you know, I mean, th- those are some monster numbers against really good programs. Uh, you know, so th- those those games are are just getting me excited about what he could honestly do for the Hawks. And watching the presser, man, I, th- these, these are the things that I took away from it. One, the dude's got a great sense of humor, which I got to admit is something that I love in my athletes. I I don't mind them taking their job serious. And in the moment, you know, in the final play of the game, taking it serious, of course I want them to. But at the same time, man, like they they have like I think of somebody like George Kittle from the NFL. Why do we all love George Kittle? Why did we all love Gronk? Because they're fun loving dudes, man. They don't they don't take themselves too serious. You know what I mean? So Kobe seems like one of those guys. Um, and I and I love that about him. Um, he's a clear film junkie. Like I said, he watched a ton of film at Michigan, even mentioned that he's already been watching film on on uh on players in the NBA and, and his teammates on the Hawks. He wants to win championships for Atlanta, which isn't the most rare thing ever. That's you know what every athlete wants to do. 
but it, it's at least good to hear him say that, you know, um, you know, he, he's saying that Atlanta's shown him love, a ton of love already. He's, he already said we, he said we a few times in the presser. And I was like, hell yes, man. I was like, you, you are already on this team and you are a, you are a freaking Atlanta Hawk. You, you better be saying we, so I love to hear that man. He's got a huge family influence. His mom is a huge influence to him. I'm someone who my mom is a huge influence to me. So I, I know where that's coming from. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm excited for him, man. For comparison for me, for players in the, currently in the NBA right now, is going to be a guy like Kobe White. Uh, no pun intended that they got the same name. Kobe White, you know, real quick, I do think he's somebody that maybe doesn't have as much reduction as he could somewhere where there aren't two borderline elite guards in front of him. Um, but hasn't really panned out the way that I think most people thought he would in the NBA. Um, and his ceiling comparison is a guy who isn't active anymore. But for our younger listeners, if you have never watched Michael Red, I'm telling you, man, go look up Michael Red. He was he wasn't a, a, a you know powerful guy, but man, he had a stroke. And Michael Red was a guy that you know at one point was an All Star and an All NBA player. So obviously, if Kobe Bufkin becomes a you know All Star or All NBA player. I mean, we 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 got a hell of a pick out of that. So I'm I'm excited for the Kobe Buffkin pick, man. I I think it's got a ton of upside, and you know, it's it's somebody who at the end of the day, I think is going to bring a lot to the table for the Hawks on and off the court. So um, I'm excited to hear your thoughts, man. What 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 you think about it? Well, first and foremost, I love how you y'all Jacksonville Jaguars fans have one good season, and y'all <laughs> y'all haven't been the exact same thing as the Falcons for most of your existence. Hey, this is the Hawks podcast. Quit bringing up. <laughs> But, no, I love the pick. I mean, we got him at 15. You know, he's a high-energy guy, high basketball IQ. Yes, he only weighs 185, so save these two words with me. Weight room. Get in it. Get your diet right. You need to get over 200 pounds as fast as possible. But not the Zion Williamson way, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) muscle. But what I do like is he also got a six seven wingspan. He came to Michigan at 17 years old in this in his freshman year. He fought for playing time. He didn't come right in and light the world on fire. And then he did make that huge jump from his freshman to sophomore year. And what I really love about that is let's face it, he's coming to the Hawks. Trey Young, Murray. He ain't starting. So he's going to have to sit on the bench. He's going to have to learn. I love the fact that he's he can move off the ball really well. He's constantly moving, constantly cutting, knows how to, you know, get get found while cutting, even against larger defenders. You know, he's, like you said, shot 36% from three. You know, working with Quinn and Kyle Corver, you know, let's see if we can get those numbers up, of course. Um, 85% free throw shooter, you know, defensively, you know, on-ball defense. Oh, my God, that's what the Hawks been missing. If you go remember watch this last series with Boston, tell me how many times you saw someone just sprint by our defenders. I mean, he's he's definitely, you know, a scrawnier guy. He's more of a perimeter pest with the long arms. He's good at swatting at the ball without drawing fouls. Definitely he's going to have to have some weight, though. Otherwise, he can get back down in the NBA. Um, but he does still get around screens pretty decently well. You know, what's also great about him, too, is we have to look at the future. Murray might not resign with us next year. Right. So he'd be a good guy that I think could step up. I mean, definitely growing in Quinn's system and getting with Kyle Culver. I think this is going to be just a great fit for the Hawks. I love the pick. Oh yeah, man. I love the pick too. It's uh, you know, I I will say most mock drafts he wasn't available at 15. So for us to get him, I I truly think it's gonna end up being a little bit of a steal. But I think all these guys gonna be in steal. So 
Speaking of all these guys, we'll move on to the next one. Um, we ended up getting this guy 39th overall. We didn't draft him ourselves. We ended up getting via trade, but that is Mr. Muhammad Gay. Um, he is uh, 6'11", uh, 213 pounds, so he's super lanky. He's out of Washington State University. Uh, go Cougs. I know, I know Derek, you're a little Washington State fan. Um, you know, he's he's just over 20 and a half years old, so he's still really young, too. You know, this is a guy that had 14.3 points per game and eight eight and a half rebounds a game in, in college. You know, so he truly is a great rebounder. He's an athletic defender who can actually afford to be switched to a guard, which, I mean, for someone with his length and, and his frame, you know, I mean, that's that's huge, man. There's not many guys his size that can actually do that and uh, do it at, at a high rate, at least. Um, you know, it's uh he he should help space the floor when he's out when he's out there when he gets out there you know I know he may not get out there too much this year but he should help space the floor you know he made a, a decent a decently high percentage of his threes last year uh, nothing to write home about necessarily but you know it's it's definitely something that you know could be improved and and he at least has in his you know tool belt as a player um you know it's it's yet another lob threat for Trey and really anybody running the pick and roll in it, uh, in this Hawks offense because as I mentioned. Pick and roll, Quinn Snyder, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, man. Might as well change the name of this podcast to pick and roll because that's what we are going to be doing in Atlanta. And I'm excited about it, man. He's a pretty solid passer himself, too. Uh, you know, he he's um, really active on the glass, uh, especially the offensive boards. I, I would say he's a borderline elite offensive rebounder. Uh, you know, he's loved a good putback dunk, which, you know, I mean, putback dunks, man, they got to be probably a top five most exciting play in all of basketball. You and I have been there. At State Farm Arena, when a putback dunk has happened, whether it's Bogey doing it or John Collins, you know it's 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 insane, man. It get, it gets the people going for sure. So to have that, you know, again in his arsenal of, of weapons, it's it's nice to see. Um, you know, he he's honestly can surprisingly occasionally make his own shot too for a guy his size. I just I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, I will say it's not all good with Muhammad. There's a reason that he was you know slipped to 39. His shot mechanics and game IQ can certainly use some improvement. And that's honestly probably me, me putting it as nice as I can. Uh, you know, he's a very raw prospect. It's something that, you know, you know, he's, he's just raw there. I, I you know, I, I honestly don't need to go into much detail about that because we've all watched sports enough. We all understand what a raw prospect is. That's exactly what this guy is. He's almost a definition of it. Uh, you know, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this, man, he, he definitely has the potential to be the backup for now that John is gone. You know, I don't know how much playing time he will get. Uh, you know, he could end up getting a lot more playing time if a potential scenario happens. I get that, get to that a little later. Uh, you know, but he he could end up getting some some significant playing time this year. But I could also see him being sent down to College Park with the Skyhawks because he's just such a raw prospect. And you know, I, I would imagine he would tear it up. You know, uh, some some of those stat lines that those guys uh, down in College Park put up are ridiculous. So I could see him being one of those guys. Um, again, just like Kobe, some of his best games in college, he had absolutely monster numbers. These these numbers that I'm about to say, man, I, I honestly, when I was looking them up, I had to like go back and watch highlights of each game to make sure I was like, oh, did, did this actually happen? But dude, put up 31 and 12 against USC, 24 and 14 against Arizona, 18 and 18 against UCLA, 17 and 15 against Washington, and 22 and 12 against uh, Utah State. I mean, this and that's not all of them. Those are just the ones that I honestly could fit on my notes. Like the dude very often would score 20 plus points and, you know, 10 plus rebounds. So he, he, he truly can be an absolute monster in the stat sheet if he is 
in the right scenario and is given the right, you know, guidance with how raw of a prospect he is. Cause you know, as, as I was saying, watching the presser, I, I can't say I was most impressed with him, but I think I ended up liking him the most because he was just super wholesome, man. You could tell he was a little shy. He's from Senegal and he's just a huge family guy. You know, he, he, one of the comments that he had about Atlanta was that he loved how happy everyone seemed. Like, I mean, come on, man, that's just freaking adorable. Like, you know, like that's, he, he's, he's, I, I'm, I'm excited about him. And I think the, the thing that honestly stood out to me most about what he said about, you know, with a couple of his answers in the presser was that he understands that he's a super raw prospect. So that's self-awareness and a professional athlete is amazing. So, so for him to understand that he has, a lot of room for improvement, but if he makes said improvement, dude could, I mean, tr- truly end up being a, a great player. I don't know about perennial all-star. I know that's a bit of a stretch. I'm not going to, you know, put that kind of hype onto the kid just yet, but I mean, a very serviceable professional basketball player, you're, you're damn right. So I, I really like the pick, man. Um, you know, I, I said before going to draft recap, I liked all three of them. So you know, I, I'm I'm following suit, man. I, I truly did like this guy a lot, so I I think it could could be a sneaky good pick for us. I mean, let's face it. This is the second round we're talking about here. In the second round, you're going for a guy that's oozing with raw talent that you can sit there and maybe mold. With a guy that's six ten, because what's the old adage? You can't coach height. <laughs> can't make a dude to six five six ten overnight. No, we've tried. We've tried, but. But also, you either go that way, you could find a guy with a defined role. With this guy, I mean, yes, he's 6'10". He's only been playing basketball for four years. He played soccer beforehand. I mean, there are some other guys that have done very well in basketball that came from that background. One guy's on our team in Clint Capella, um, which I hope that Gay goes and immediately just attaches himself at the hip to Clint and learn as much about defense as he can because that's obviously his weakest point. I mean, on offense, he's very much a finesse guy. Yeah, he can get a rebound. Yeah, he's 6'10". He's actually got a pretty decent shooting touch on the ball. Um, he doesn't mind facing up. Um, he's got some, you know, you watch his highlights. Like, a lot of times you watch highlights, you start seeing the guys that go to, like, the go-to move. You see a bunch of a go-to move. With him, it's really – you're seeing kind of everything. He doesn't really have a go-to move. It's definitely – he's figuring things out. He's definitely raw, you know, like I said, defensively is where he has the longest way to go. He needs to definitely add more size. I mean, but guys at that height, usually it takes them a couple more years in order to add add size to that big, tall, lanky frame. But he's someone that I definitely see we stash away in the G League and develop him out because, you know, hey, Clint's not going to be here forever. Love Onyeka, but we're definitely going to need someone behind him. So why not take a flyer? We gave up a 2027 20, second-round pick. I, I mean – I like it. I mean, for what we gave up for it and also where we're getting him at, he has the ability to learn. He's not going to get thrown to the wolves. I like the pick. Yeah. But it kind of goes into where our next one. This was a raw talent guy that, you know, with a lot of upside. And this, what I said earlier at the beginning of this, when you go into the second round, you either look for this or you look and see what we got with the next guys. You got a guy with the defined role. He knows what he's in the NBA for. And he's going to stick to it. So I'll let you start it off there, Mac. Oh, yeah. No, man. So he, uh, you are referring to none other than Mr. Seth Lundy, the uh, the guard out of Penn State. We took him 46 overall. Um, he's 6'6", 219 pounds. So he's honestly, he's got he's got great size. 
he is over 23 years old. So, you know, I mean, he's already a pretty old player. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like at my age that I think 23 is old. But, you know, a rookie in the NBA being 23 is, I feel like, pretty rare these days. Uh, but he still had 14, almost 14 and a half points per game at uh, Penn State last year. Had shot 40% from three-point. Uh, had, all, you know, under one assisted game. So, to be completely honest, he's probably a little one-dimensional. But I don't think we need him to do much uh, other than that. He's a, he's a pretty flexible scorer. I want to say he he probably will end up being a catch-and-shoot threat. He's just one of those dudes that has a quick release and uh, doesn't really need much space to, to, to get it off. You know what I mean? Um, he's going to space the floor by staying mobile on offense and racing off those screens, which, again, you know, I got to be honest, I I feel like our, our offense would get very stagnant at times, and it would just turn into hero ball and people just stand around, whether that was coaching from, from Nate or just lack of fire in, in, inside of them because they just were over it. You know, I, I don't know. That's – that's that's something I don't know if we ever really will know as fans. But, uh, you know, he can stay in the corner and attack those closeouts from opposing teams. Uh, you know, he can stay in constant motion to throw off opposing defenses, you know, which is something that when I think of that, I'm not comparing Seth Lundy to the, the guy I'm about to say, but he's, he's, you know, the king of it in my mind, but that's Steph Curry. You know, he just runs around and runs and runs and runs and runs and then, boom, hits that three wide open. So, if he could do even a fraction of that for us, oh my gosh, you know, this this could end up being a pretty good player for us. Um, you know, he can run dribble handoffs too. So he's he, he he's a more versatile player than maybe his stat sheet will will you know say, but you know, he's 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 a good player. He's definitely the three and D prototype player. You know, he's gonna be best off the one dribble, but he's you know definitely shown success in the pick and roll. Um, and even in ISO at times and and in the pick and roll, you know, hello Quinn. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's what you want to hear as a Hawks fan at this point. You know, his three-point shooting has improved over time each season, showing his ability to grow as a shooter. Um, I I want to go ahead and say that's probably what you were getting at when you say this guy understands his role as an NBA player. He knows, hey man, they are bringing me in here to do three-point shooting, and you know, if if that's how I'm gonna make this squad and make a second contract in the NBA. A second contract that at this point with the CBA, bro, you could get generational wealth. You know what I mean? Like it's getting that second contract is a big deal in the NBA. So, you know, he I'm sure the guy understands very much. I I I, I if I can be this, you know, stand-up pop uh post-up shooter, this uh, this corner shooter, this this lethal shooter, like a Duncan Robinson, I can get a, a ton of money. So um you know, I, I don't know if he will see too much playing time, uh, barring more rossing move, roster moves or, you know, God forbid, injuries. I do think we're now with Buffkin a little deep at the guard position. I think he's got four guys on our roster that um, I don't even think you could just say arguably are better than him. They are better than him. You know, Buffkin got drafted at 15th for a reason. He's definitely a better player than Seth Lundy at this point in his career. And I might not ever talk to you ever again if you tell me that Seth Lundy is better than Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and, and Bogey. I I, just, I I don't know if I can take you serious. Um, I hope he's better than them one day. That would end up being a complete and total steal. But, yes, right now I, I would not compare him to those guys. Um, you know, but like I said, if, if he ends up not seeing much playing time, I think he'll probably be shipped down to the G League as well. But again, a guy that I think would absolutely tear up the G League and probably have monster numbers where you're like, Seth Lundy dropped 45 points in the G League tonight. Because, um, you know, his, his best games at, at Penn State, you know, 
I don't think they were uh, the numbers weren't as crazy as they as they were for Kobe and especially Muhammad. Um, but you know, I mean, he still dropped twenty five points and six rebounds versus Indiana. Twenty four points and seven rebounds versus Nebraska. Twenty three points and twelve rebounds versus Clemson. Uh, you know, seventeen and ten against Illinois. You know, I mean, he, he still he still definitely had some great games. Um, you know, his draft reaction. I don't know if you did end up seeing it when he when he got drafted. He he, he was he was stone cold. He you know he had no reaction. Um, some people didn't really like it, and I, I I liked it. You know, I mean, it's a dude. I think he was honestly. This is a dude who was a second round draft pick. We got to be real to a degree. I'm sure in some part of his brain. He did have some level of doubt if he was even going to be drafted, okay? So when it happened, you know, I don't mind him being speechless and kind of soaking in that moment and being like, all right, man, it's time to get to effing work. You know what I mean? So I, I don't I don't I don't see anything wrong with it because in the presser, he said it was the best day of his life. You know, he's smiling as he says it. The dude, honestly, when I watched his presser, you know, I'm I'm not gonna compare him to this guy on the court, but his demeanor 100 percent I give strong Kawhi Leonard vibes from him. Like, he's just got one of those cold demeanors. I'm sure he can be funny off camera and, you know, out, out you know, not in front of the media and all that stuff. But, man, you know, he, he just seems very, very serious and in a good way. Like, I, I, I don't mind it. You know, I know I said earlier with Kobe, you know, I like to see guys have senses of humor, but not every guy has to be the same. If we have one guy in our locker room that's a little more serious, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I thought it was awesome. He's a family guy as well. All three guys just could not stop oozing about their families. And I, you just love to hear that. You know, it, it's they, they got they got great structure systems coming into the NBA. So I'm really excited about that for them. Uh, you know, he said they went to the dream game their first day in Atlanta. He said Atlanta was a party, you know, and, and I just I, I love that description of Atlanta. Anybody who's ever lived in Atlanta or been to Atlanta knows that we definitely like to have a good time in Atlanta. So Describing us as a party is, is definitely an accurate thing to say. Uh, you know, he uh, he he mentioned in his presser to uh, – they asked him something about had they, you know, know anything about their new teammates yet. And his answer was, I mean, I do know one thing. I better not piss off Trey Young. And I know that dude goes off when he's pissed off. So he, he knows about Ice Trey, man. And that's that was just awesome to hear. I, I you know, can't lie. Uh, you know, and the coolest thing that he said in the entire presser, and this is where I was like – Again, this kind of falls to with the Ka- Kawhi demeanor is that he reached out to the Hawks to get in the gym right away. Like they, they basically were like, "Yeah, I mean, I, we weren't expecting you to already want in, but go ahead, man." Uh, so you know, this is a guy that's definitely going to be willing to put in the work. He values relationships. It's something that he mentioned with Quinn, so I'm excited about that. You know, shooting is going to be an emphasis in the in the new Hawks offense. So that's why I think we got a guy like Seth Lundy. That's why I think. You know, we got a guy like Muhammad Gay who could end up being, honestly, a pretty good uh, three-point shooter from the four spot. Um, and, you know, a guy we could end up trading for, I think, a pretty good uh, uh, three-point shooter from the four spot as well. I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, Seth is somebody that I'm, I'm, I'm damn excited about too. No, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, one, he's a hard worker. That's one thing that you keep hearing about him constantly. I mean, I was reading an article um, – about him getting drafted from the Philadelphia Inquirer, where it's Christmas Day, his family's getting ready to have breakfast. He's got his bag and he's walking out the door. I'm like, hey, what you doing? I got to go get my 1,000 shots in. So to hear the story that he only wants access to the Hawks gym, I love it. Because like I said, this guy knew what his path to the NBA was. 
This guy didn't start to his junior year of college. He played a lot of sophomore year, made the jump to starter his junior year, and then his senior year got really more efficient. This dude has put in hard work. He can stroke it from three. He can hit a three with, with a hand in his face, a la this man right here, Bogey. He's not the most elite athlete in the world. I mean, he can struggle with guys with, you know, quicker guarding quicker, quicker guys. Um, but he's going to be a, you know, a three and D player. I mean, his stroke is impressive. He did shoot 40% from three at 6.4 average shots over the um, course of his senior year per game. He um, is six, six. So, you know, he can play the guard or the wing spot. Um, and he has good size on his body. He doesn't need the weight room. Um, so that's all good there. And like you said, the guy seems to, you know, he values relationships. He seemed to already love like what he's here from Quinn. I'm excited. It's most likely going to be a Skyhawks guy, but hey, I love his work ethic. And with that, always, that's that intangible. That's that X factor, man, that, you know, we've seen it time and time again. A guy didn't get much love, but hey, he knew his role, did it well, and outworked everyone. And it led to that second contract, led to a big payday. But like I said, I think we did a good job overall. I'm very excited about all three. I mean, obviously, you know, Kobe's most likely going to see – we're going to see a lot more of than this other guys, but I do love the the picks and and where we got them at. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, finish the, the draft recap on that. We'll uh, get get you guys out uh, out on this this week's episode on this one, and that's going to be the John Collins trade recap. Uh, you know – you know, I, I'm wearing his shirt for a reason. You know, I love the guy. Hate to see him go. Uh, I, I even when the production dipped, I was, you know, holding on to that hope that he was still going to be a, a key piece to our championship winning team one day, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, it had to happen for salary purposes, you know, because now we have a $25.3 million trade exception, which is the largest in the NBA. And for those of you that may not fully understand exactly what a trade exception is, it's basically like a line of credit. I mean, not a line of credit, sorry, credit voucher, uh, meaning, you know, we can trade for a player or players, it doesn't have to be just one, within a $25.3 million contract uh, value and for, you know, for this season and, you know, really improve the team. You know, it's something that can expire, so it's more than likely that we do do it this season. Um, you know, it, it, it could be potentially just another move for us to re-sign DeJounte, Onyeka, and Sadiq Bey, which, don't get me wrong, it's not like, I wouldn't want to see all three of those guys come back, but I got to admit, I would, I would hope we're, we're still planning on making another move, which I do think we will. You know, I want everybody to remember that this is something the Celtics did just a few years ago with Gordon Hayward's contract. And now they're, you know, one of the best teams in the league. So if you do the, the, the uh, trade exception with that large of an exception and you do it correct, you can end up, you know, getting back a, a lot in return, um, you know, and what I think this could mean is, uh, you know, I, I think it could mean that we end up trading for Pascal Siakam from Toronto. I know that was a trade that recently kind of fell through, and I think it fell through because, I'm just going to be real, I don't think Tony Ressler was willing to pay, you know, that much into the luxury tax and have all of those big contracts on the team right now. But I did it with two different trade machines. I'm sorry if I didn't find a third reputable trade machine, trade machine source out there for you guys. But I did it with two separate ones, and if we traded um, – Clint and DeAndre straight up for pa Pascal, it would basically be, you know, the, the contracts would basically equal out. Now, I'm sure in trades like that, it's hardly ever just two for one 
I'm sure there'd be a couple bench players, prospects, if you will, um, that, that may be included. But that would have our starting five at Trey at the one, DeJounte at the two, Jalen at the three, Pascal at the four, and Anyaka at the five. I think that's a pretty pretty damn good team in my mind, especially if Jalen and Yucca keep making those strides forward. Like I, I think most of us think we think they will. That leaves the second unit too with Kobe at the one, Bogey at the two, AJ at the three, Sadiq at the four, and Muhammad Gay at, at, at the five. And you know, Seth Lundy is kind of just a rotational guard here and there. Um, something that, you know, maybe we saw with Aaron Holiday last year. Um, but you know, it's it's something that had to happen. And honestly, man, I'm 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 excited about what it could end up meaning for the Hawks, to be completely honest. No, I mean, I agree with you. It sucks. I mean, John Collins is one of my favorite Hawks. I mean, we have in our intro him posterizing and beep that first game against Milwaukee when he when trade throws it off the backboard, he slams that thing down. We go on to win that game. If Trey doesn't step on that ref's foot, I mean, I know woulda, coulda, shoulda, whatever, but, you know, I love the guy, team player. Like, the guy came out of college. He was like a defensive liability, couldn't shoot the three. He worked his tail off, but it had to be him. And the reason why is because people look at his decline in numbers, and they want to point to the injury from last year. And, that's yeah, that finger injury was gruesome. And, yeah, the leg as well. But it actually, if you go look, his numbers started declining once Clint Capella got here because they both operate in the same areas of the floor. John is a guy that wants to do the pick and roll. He is a elite finisher at the rim. He's the throwback to an old school wing. He doesn't really handle the ball too well, not the best passer. Um, but when Clint got there, Clint unfortunately can't get more than three feet away from the rim. And even then, hey, the guy misses some bunnies from time to time. So it's eating up his role there. Quinn comes in, and in Quinn's system, he wants wings that could hit threes. Not saying that John couldn't. Um, he was never a volume guy, though. And, you know, the, the finger injury last year, yes, he was shooting like 29. Now, after the All-Star break, the numbers did start going back up. But he was standing in the corner. We can get someone for less than $25 million a year to do that. Um, so it had to be John Collins. I hope him all the best. It does, you know, open up some you know real good opportunities, like you said, with the trade and stuff. I would love, love the trade scenario you just threw out there because I love Siakam. But even if not, I mean, what you're going to see is I do think we need one more year of CC if we are going to keep him because on Yeka, as long as much as he's come, you know, a long ways, he still gets into foul trouble a lot. We saw that Quinn was working with him last year once he came in. Um, on on that, coach him up a little bit. So I'm kind of happy. I mean, John, I'm glad you got to ring your gong one last time and pack it up and take it out, and you can be John the Baptist of the Joseph Smith variety. But, you know, <laughs> but like I said, you know, it does open up some more opportunities for Jalen Johnson and A.J. Griffin. These are two guys in the last two drafts that, you know, we're kind of – I think we've gotten lucky in the draft the last three years where what we got – I mean, I love Kobe and awesome A.J. Griffin and Jalen Johnson. Now it's time to see what they really have. It's time for them to step up. I'm really excited to see what Quinn has. Um, done with them in the offseason, but now's your chance to go make their money. I hope you're right. I hope we won't just use this trade exception to, you know, just re-sign those guys. Um, because let's face it, you know, Rudy Gay is not going to play with us. I don't think – I mean, if he if he is, it's just for veteran room, locker room presence. But I think he's getting bought out of his contract. So, 
I hope this is not the last. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but when you hear that there was a mandate to stay on the luxury tax, to me, it's like you say you're ready to win now, but also it's like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. I'm not saying you can't win and stay under the luxury tax, but when you have a player that's on a super max contract making $40 million a year and you're scared to go over the luxury tax, how committed to winning are you really? So let's see what we do with this trade inception. It's time to put up or shut up. Are you really committed to winning or you're trying to stay on that luxury tax? Because let me tell you something. If, if we don't win this year, then we got to start having, like, is Murray going to want to stay? Is Trey going to want to stay? You know, you last week you talked about, like, the L.A. stuff. I don't read too much into that because winning cures all. But come on, guys. Like, I just feel that, you know, you can't sit there and say you want to win and also be cheap. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. You're right. And I, I will definitely agree with you on that. I'm hoping – you end up having to bite your tongue on that, and they do they do make some moves, but uh, but you know that it is what it is. We'll 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 be talking about that all summer because we'll have plenty of episodes about free agency and what the Hawks are going to be doing. So definitely be on the lookout for those guys. As I said, we'll we'll get you out of there on that. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support. Uh, check out our website at hawksfantv.com. That's where you'll find our articles and other cool content as well. Follow us if you aren't already on Twitter and Instagram at hawksfantv. Um, and be on the lookout for more podcasts. I promise the audio will be on there. Um, and yeah, you know, Derek, I'm so excited to have you on, man. This is going to be really fun. We'll, uh, we'll definitely try and do some, some things in the season where maybe, you know, we have like a meet, you know, a, a meetup at one of the Hawks games, you know, something like that. It'd be real cool. So we'll get, we'll, we'll get you out here on that. And, uh, as always go Hawks, everybody. And good night. Go Hawks. Good night, y'all.